I was talking to some friends about the last episode and two of them were giving me a hard time because they guessed the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas. <gasps> and he yeah. said another friend of mine. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the little thank you. They said little... it was super obvious. I was like, all right then. Ah. Thank you, kind friends. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. I'm just kidding. It's been recording for like a minute, two minutes now. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I thought we were doing this. I completely it's fell already, for it. It's already going. <laughs> it, every time you do that, it makes me think of Wayne's World. Yes. <laughs> I have seen Wayne's World so many times that I end... I have seen it like a million okay, times and I still don't remember what you're referencing. It's when they first are in, in like Rob Lowe's little, is that Wayne's World 2 or 1? I think it is the first one I it's feel. It's the first one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rob Lowe's in the first one. He's not in the second one, is he? No. No, you're right. I don't think they got Rob Lowe back for the second one. That was, but then they get their own like actual fancy television show and all of his burnout friends have to learn how to be actual like camera people and producers Mm -hmm. it's my favorite part of the entire movie because everybody has to do the silent like that's right (laughs) it's so good (laughs) i also love when dana carvey's like if you have to spew and then he pulls out the time (laughs) cup spew into this Fuck, that's such a good show. Planes were. Oh. That's all I remember. I just want to rewatch it. It's been too long. Oh, so good. God, I love that. So I need to. Hey, did you play anything this week? I forgot that we were trying to do a structure. And so I was oh. about to launch into things. And I forgot that we're trying to be more professional and be like, oh, what did you do this week as like our intro? Real adults. Yeah. Well, not adults. I don't know. I don't know. What happened this week? Did I play anything this week? Oh, I finished Monkey Island this week. No spoilers. I haven't had a chance to play okay. a video game in three years, so. Well, hopefully in ten years you'll be able to play one again. Yeah, when they're in school, <laughs> I can play again. <laughs> was it was it delightful, as I assume? Yes. Okay, good enough. No spoilers. Anybody else play anything? Ben, no, obviously. No, I've been playing a lot of Civ Six on my phone in between <laughs> dealing with screaming children. <laughs> Uh, we did do Halloween this week though, which is a blast when you have kids. Yeah. We went with some neighbors from across the street and wandered with their group and we were so slow that eventually the whole group just like (laughs) fell apart into different streets and went different ways. And eventually, (laughs) uh, our, our neighbor who invited us along was with us and not with his own family. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. (laughs) And then our son only does like two blocks anyhow. And he's like, my bucket's full enough. I want to go eat this. Smart. I love that. He knows when he's yeah. done. Yeah. He's like, I don't need to get this thing all the way to the top and overflowing. He's like, I have plenty of candy here that I now desperately want to go home and eat. I respect that. I love that. We had uh, Ukrainian refugee children come to the front door and the one little girl had her mm. plastic bucket and then the little boy just had his open hands and he was like, trick or treat. And I gave him candy and I was like, just wait. And he was like, goodbye. And before I could get him a bag or something, but oh my God, no costumes. They were just in their shit. And I was like, yeah, you just do it, buddy. Enjoy. Yeah. How about you, Laura? What was your Halloween like? Oh man. What did we do? Um, We're watching some movies. I was catching up on some uh, new horror that just hit streaming. So I caught uh, Barbarian and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. <gasps> yes. 
Oh yeah, Fiona told me about Barbarian. Apparently, it's a it's a good one. So good. Yes, best to go in completely blind. I may have to actually watch it. Uh, I know everything that happens already, and I still want to watch it. Oh, that's right. I remember that from last time. You get a whole synopsis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a Mac or a PC? <laughs> I know who did it. Yeah. Well played, Ben. Well played. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, yes. And then um, we played. ended up playing some Terraria because they had some sweet Halloween content added to the game. Oh, I love Terraria. Oh, uh-huh. really? They're still adding stuff to Terraria? Yeah, they came out with a new um, what's it, like love package. I think they won an award not too long ago or got some acknowledgement. And so they put a whole bunch of new stuff. And for October, they had these little goodie bags that would drop. And you would have these adorable costumes that you could put on your vanity costumes. Yeah, it was super cute. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I've been playing Terraria like probably as long as I've been playing Stardew Valley. I started playing that. And uh, what's a space one? Um, Oh, God, that sucks. I hate how bad my recall is. Yeah. It's from, it's like published by Chucklefish as well. They have to look it up now. uh, And it's going to kill me that I can't remember. Uh, Whatever. But anyhow, those three I've been playing for forever and uh yeah i should get back into terraria i tried to on my phone but the controls were just Mm. not comfortable playing on mobile so starbound starbound there we go it's so much fun i like the spaceship going to different planets there i like a good space game yeah it's got uh, a terraria feel to it it's a lot of fun um yeah yeah terraria is great i'm i'm surprised that they're doing new stuff i should get back (laughs) into it when i get a chance in about 10 years do you hand out candy for Halloween? We're in an apartment, so no, but we did carve pumpkins, which was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, we had a neighbor that lived above us when we were in our apartment uh, in the Beltline, and uh, they would give us candy to give to their kid <laughs> so they could take <laughs> her trick-or-treating in the building. Oh, they just so like, you know, the people they knew would be home and be like, here's some candy. We're going to bring her by. <laughs> that's, so, that's a really nice thing. That is. Yeah. My brother-in-law uh, moved into that apartment after us, and they gave him some candy. <laughs> he was out when they came by. <laughs> 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 Sorry to put you on blast, Patrick. Um, yeah, so this is probably the best intros you can get for a, a holiday, uh, themed episode, really dating ourselves by talking about Halloween when we're recording. Uh, but let's do the theme song anyhow. Welcome back. This is Dork Matters. I'm your dad, Dork host, Ben Rankle. With me, as always, is your Ed Dorkator, uh, Lexi Hunt. Finger guns, yes. Great for the medium of podcast. Finger guns. Pew, pew, pew. Did let you say pew, pew, though. Pew, pew. And with us, uh, with recurring regularity, uh, wait, increasing <laughs> regularity is what I should say. Not occurring regularity. That makes no sense. Keep going. Keep going. Just lean into it. Good. I'm doing great. Great podcaster, <laughs> Laura O'Connor. Thank you for coming back, and and so soon. <laughs> thank you for having me back. Fingers crossed. This isn't my sophomore slump, like so many directors have felt in their careers. That my follow up episode is entertaining. Oh, uh, impossible! Oh God, this could be our sophomore slump year. 
It's our second year of podcasting. Oh, no. No, quick oh, knock no. on something wood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'd have to have peaked very high for us to slump. Uh, well, I, I mean, our peak was our first episode. So. Yeah, I feel like we're still on a, a plateau. <laughs> it was like, again, great for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, we started up here and then down and then came back up a little bit. And now it's just sort of a gradual decline. We're doing okay. I'm kidding. We're we're growing. We're getting better. Especially in the Ukraine, right? Amazing. People love this show. Getting tattoos of our logo. Yeah. Thank you, Ukraine. I guess. Yeah, we are. We're top 100 in Ukraine for like the fifth fifth week in a row. I feel like y'all should have something better to listen to. But if it's us, fuck Pu- Putin. Putin. <laughs> Putin. Putin. That's a very fancy way of saying Putin because he's pewy. Like, like P-U. Please don't put any killer chemicals in my underwear. I'm not worth the effort. I thought you were going to say, because I don't wear it. <laughs> so you're wasting your time. <laughs> well, <There> you, go. <laughs> you know, not to TMI everyone, but I've gone through a journey as a, as a, as an adult, you go to the part where like, you know, when you're younger, everyone's wearing boxers because that's apparently the normal cool thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we're tidy whities And then as you get older, you're like, boxers just actually aren't that comfortable. So you, in my case, I moved on to boxer briefs mm-hmm. uh, for just a little bit more of a, you know, so I was still fighting it. Like I didn't want to be like, yeah, I wear I wear underwear, just normal, normal kid underwear. Uh, I just stabbed myself with a needle, and <laughs> then I realized I didn't need underwear at all <laughs> for a while. You don't, and then it just takes one person being like, I can see your dick through your pants. You should probably put some underwear on. <laughs> and suddenly you're back to back it. Back to the boxer briefs. And that person was my wife. <laughs> You should should probably put some underwear on, <laughs> at least in those specific pants. Um, we weren't married yet, and I'm surprised that happened. Um, but you need a spouse or, like, a good friend or someone in your life to just point out, like, hey, I love you, but are you wearing a bathing suit? It's not a pants yeah. right now. <laughs> and then you have a little bit of self-reflection of yeah. I indeed yeah. am. Is that not okay? No, so we're back to, yeah, underwear now. That's where we're at, just like when I was a child. Um, we're here to talk about <laughs> holiday horror movies, so not my garments, uh, my unmentionable horror. garments, Christmas horror. We're calling this episode Holodork horror. Um, yeah, it's great. I just, uh, I feel like I really nailed it with that title. Yeah. Um, full disclosure off the top. I sent Lexi a list of, uh, I think it was six. Seven episodes seven. or seven episodes, seven movies I was intending to watch. I got through three. Um, <laughs> and I want you to understand that what happened was after watching the third one, I was like, that was okay. But what I really want to watch is Tremors. <laughs> so I've now watched four Tremors uh, films <laughs> instead of finishing off my list. Uh, so the four movies that were holiday horror that I did not get through, uh, thankfully I, I've seen two of them, okay, so I can still chat. I have a general knowledge of the sixth one and the seventh one, Lexi, it sounds like you got into, so that's going to be great. Yeah, I did. I, I got distracted because I started watching Werewolves Within, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know, it's kind of a holiday movie because there's a lot of snow in it. <laughs> right. So Yeah, we've got a really low bar for holiday, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> 
there was snow outside. It was horror. What, what more do you Somebody want? mentioned a mint-flavored <laughs> cigarette, and that's close enough to holiday for us. It was fine. Um, as a super nerdy people pleaser, I watched all seven. Hey. <laughs> uh, this happens every time. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> And have little factoids for a couple of them. Our guests are always better than us. I love it. We'll just get all the guests together and they can have a new podcast that everyone <laughs> actually likes. What will they call it? Like the the better dork. Yeah. Dork experts. I don't know. None of these names are good. Well, thanks for doing that, Laura. And sorry. No, no, it's all good. I um, th- There was one that I had never seen before. So it was a treat. Well, that's oh, great. good. Uh, only one. That's amazing. <laughs> that really shows that it is, uh, I think you mentioned, one of your favorite subgenres of horror. It is because Christmas is perfect for the magnification of horror. You have so much to work with. Like there's the mm-hmm. traditions and the iconography that's a little creepy because Santa's always watching you. There's a mm-hmm, naughty mm-hmm. and nice list. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. the pressure of being with family that you probably wouldn't be with otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the religious aspect, some movies work with that. And then the drive for the holidays to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Either like has to live up to your past or yeah. it's got to be the best yet. So I like to think of it. It is fertile territory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, time for a little pedantic aside from producer Jess. Pedantic. Pedantic. Uh, just one second. Sorry, that was just me blowing the dust off my English degree, using horror stories at Christmas time as part of a tradition of horror in the Christmas season. It actually started in the Victorian era, and part of that is because the Victorians were generally just sort of obsessed with all things dark and creepy, but also because in the Victorian era, there was not electricity yet. And so wintertime in, you know, the Northern Hemisphere is the darkest time of the year. It's the coldest time of the year. And you are spending a lot of time with your family. And historically speaking, that's the first rise of horror stories told at Christmas time. And if you want to read more about that, I'm going to send a link to be put in the show notes. And if you don't care about that, here we go talking about movies. Pedantic rant over. Candy-coated pressure cooker just waiting to explode. With shards of candy cane. (laughs) We've written our own horror now. Yes. <laughs> Holiday pressure yes. cooker. If I was watching that movie, I'd be like, why did you put candy canes in the pressure cooker? <laughs> I have to ask those questions. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, the being with family that you wouldn't be with otherwise, I have uh, more recently, recent years, taken the step of being like, I just don't do that anymore. <laughs> I have I have removed myself from that. What 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 was this doing for anybody is is what I feel, but that's a that's a tough ch- uh, choice to make and a tough step to take for a lot of people. That's true, but it can be one of the best Christmas gifts you give yourself. Absolutely. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely been easier. Yeah, but even like the the small changes, like my mom is like, I'm never making a turkey ever again. Like refuses. Yeah, good for her. And instead, we have like a lasagna or like something that's a little straightforward. I was gonna ask, did somebody else step up and be like, "I'm gonna do the turkey"? No, because like all of us were like, "Why?" Like none of us super like turkey. Yeah, my sister is an exceptional turkey maker, but she's like, it's so much work. Like, what the f- 
Yeah. So we just decided we're not doing it anymore. And it's wild the amount of stress that has taken off those family gatherings. Cause it's like, you want to eat cereal? Like, I don't care in front of the TV. And it's, it's actually fun instead of people are frustrated in their kitchen fighting and you're like, this is supposed to be fun. And like, oh yeah, it's interesting. Cause I've heard from some people that it is fun. Uh, they don't go through that same t- terror. Uh, <laughs> right. Finding out that other people's families weren't like mine in many of these situations was just a fucking bucket of cold water over my head. (laughs) Wait, what do you mean you didn't all fight and sometimes get fist flying and shit? Like, what? What? What do you mean that's abuse? What? What are you talking about? We're not supposed to scream at each other over ridiculous shit and, and then end up in fisticuffs underneath the tree that's not just part of christmas (laughs) (laughs) which i think is ultimately some of the appeal of these holiday horrors is that for some people they just it like it feels um more validating such as the case of gremlins you have that amazing speech of kate's who like is so it's so wild and explains why she does not like christmas can we just take a second to appreciate how smooth that transition was laura (laughs) Let me just derail how smooth of a transition that was to talk about how smooth it was. Like, that was good. Oh my God. She's so good at this. She just took us right into our topic and, and hit the first. Lexi and I wouldn't have gotten there for another half hour. Yeah. <laughs> People have gone on like four tangents and had to go on Google to remember five things. I was going to ask you all too, if you, uh, if you're okay with saying holiday or if you uh, get mad about it and want Christmas, but I think I know the answer. Seasonal festivus. Neither of you mind being inclusive of other people. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> what, what did Kate say exactly? Do you remember? It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and mom were were decorating the tree, waiting for dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. Mom called the office. No answer. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. Police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. Firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve, his arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck, died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. Oh. Jesus. Uh, is that played for yucks or for uh, serious? Well, here's the interesting thing. The studio, surprisingly, did not want that in the film. Oh. But the director, Joe Dante, because they were like, I don't know if we should laugh or if we should be you know, upset or scared. And the director said, yeah, that's exactly the point of, of uh, holiday horror, is that it's supposed to yeah. be that weird kind of feeling. So he wanted it. And then Spielberg who actually didn't care for the scene either, but wanted to, like, he hired Joe Dante and said, nope, it's his film. 
they kept it in. Mm. Um, which actually adds to <laughs> another little interesting factoid that Gremlins and Templar of the Doom are the reason that PG-13 rating exists today. Oh. Sorry, Temple of Doom? Yes, those are the two. Oh, cool. Two Spielberg films that actually both went out as PG films, but there was a lot of complaints. And then Spielberg kind of pushed back and said, listen, we're having to edit our films too much to get a PG rating because it was basically G, PG, R, and X. So the gulf between PG and R is pretty wide. So, uh, yeah, those two films are the reason why the the, uh, MPAA came out with the PG-13 rating. Man, I feel like rating systems are generally outdated at this point. Um, Just tell me if it's for adults or kids, and I'll make a decision about whether we should be engaging with that content, I think. That's right. I just don't know if PG-13, like making people cut up movies just to try to hit a certain rating is wild. Um, in comics, it was a huge issue too. Uh, the, the comic code authority, uh, that kind of spun out of that whole, um, I, if I, I might be misremembering, but spun out of the, uh, the hunt for communists, uh, the McCarthy era hunt for communists. And, uh, eventually in the nineties, late nineties, people are just like, why are we still doing this comics code thing? And so they all just dropped this, this group and was like, we don't care if you rate our books anymore or what you say about our books, we're just going to put them out. And I think that was great. Good for them. Uh, yeah, you'll notice. I think Archie is the only one that still puts the Comics Code Authority on their on their on their comics. Uh, they might not even do it anymore either. I don't know. Oh, Archie. Yeah. So I'm just like I could I could do without like PG to PG thirteen. That's that feels like places I can make a decision as a parent. I don't actually need a studio or a ratings board to decide that for me. Fair enough. But I would imagine a lot of kids were like, "Wait, what does that speech mean? There's no Santa. <laughs> That's a PG movie." So I could yeah, see he died. Some parents being a little upset. You know what? Yeah, you've undone me. PG thirteen needs to be there <laughs> to save us from Santa cooking in the chimney. I was wrong. I can admit well, it. Well, I think. I think it was my introduction to holiday horror actually if i think about it back because i mean i would have watched that on tv with my um with my family yeah tbs <laughs> that's right the holiday station heavily yeah. edited version <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah exactly oh and i love it so and i love the kitchen scene with the mum. i think that is like oh, when yeah. the horror really kicks in and is pretty it still holds up to be pretty terrifying i think mm-hmm. There's one, and I didn't watch it this week, and so I'm just kind of going on my memories of the last time I saw it, which was maybe a year or two ago. But there was one scene, like, when the, I think it's like the shitty neighbor gets, like, launched in her chair and they find her dead. That part, I was like, that's a kind of dark, scary moment. Like, up until then, I was like, haha. And then that happened, and I was like, it's real. Deagle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, she was sort of the villain before the gremlins were introduced. Yeah, but then she dies in such a graphic way that I was like, I didn't like her, but like, oh, Yeah, and, and it was involving like a chair lift on the stairs, which I hadn't yes. seen again until Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Better Call Saul had one. And I was like, oh, right, like the from the gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think they lifted it from Gremlins? Somebody was doing an homage. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah. They have to be. 
Um, so well, specific. I'll take this opportunity of talking about family togetherness and brutal decapitation to move us into a very weird one that I did watch, uh, Santa's Sleigh. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is a very interesting film in as far as this is the one with, that has Goldberg, not not the one we thought, like Black Christmas or whatever we talked about on our horror episode. Oh. This is it. This is the Goldberg episode where he plays... Uh, a demon Santa who was tricked by an angel into being good for a thousand years. But guess what? That thousand years is up. Oh. So this movie opens with like a family dinner with Fran Drescher, uh, Michael Caine, uh, Chris Catan, and some others uh, having like a dysfunctional family dinner. And suddenly Santa drops down the chimney and just brutally murders them all. And that's where I was like, <laughs> okay okay, this could be a fun flick. Like, I'm not expecting a lot. Like, this is some hammy, cheesy acting, but this is pretty great. Like, this is this is, this is is good-bad, to borrow some parlance from another podcast. This is a, a good-bad movie. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun in the brutality. Uh, it's in a weird place from, like, 2005 where language was very uh un like nobody actually cared about how they talked and and how the things they said were affecting other people it feels like like in a way that was almost uniquely like late late 90s early 2000s like mm -hmm. well everything's actually equal and okay now so we can all say whatever bullshit we want about other people <laughs> and not have to worry about offending anyone because you know everyone's equal now and it's fine and i don't see color etc cetera, etc cetera. the cartman defense uh, yeah the cartman <laughs> defense perfect yes exactly uh yes on the list of characters you're not supposed to like um <laughs> oh god we got to do an episode of that uh, i would love to do that the number of people that uh you know want to emulate rick and don't quite get <laughs> that he is not a character to look up to uh is 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 wild there's a lot of good characters like that but yeah this family gets murdered uh it looks like a lot of fun they're not in the movie anymore it seems like maybe they uh at the end of the film were like let's see if we can get some people in here uh to do an opening scene that really catches people <laughs> so they don't walk back out of the theater um the main character is acted very poorly by some kid who i don't i don't recall at all um but it's 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 fun it's fun in its own weird way um i don't know what do you two think of it well, this is the one that I hadn't seen before. Oh, this is the fresh, the new. Yes. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I too was thrilled by the opening sequence, which might have set the bar a bit high. It set it too high. Because you're just like, <laughs> look at all these actors. Yeah, you're like. That's what? all I wanted from the rest of the movie. And, <laughs> and we spent way too much time with that preteen or I guess mid-teens boy who talks really terribly to people. It's true. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute, I recognize that guy and that guy. And then I looked it up. It was shot in Edmonton. Yes. Oh, yes, okay. yes, that's yes. one. Yes. So I did the same thing partway through when they're going through that like old timey village or whatever, the reenactment village. I'm like, this looks a bit too much like things I'm familiar with. And I, I thought it was Heritage Park, but then I realized it was Wetaskiwin. So yes. yeah, as, a, as an Edmonton born person, some of that familiarity really jumped. And I missed it on the first watch, but they actually set the movie in Alberta, Canada at the beginning. Um, oh, they do? Before, before killing Michael Caine's family. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, well, yeah. That's awesome. And I have to that's say. That's a rarity. <laughs> a lot of stuff gets shot here, but it doesn't get to actually be set here. Which is <laughs> it's a thing, true. It's very which true. Which is a thing that always irks me as a creator, like as a comic maker and stuff like that. It, it's always bothered me that, you know, 
we get to sit in for people. We, we don't actually get stories to be set here. And, and I like that part of it. Yes. Although Edmonton has a long story of terrible Christmas movies being shot really? here. <laughs> yeah. West Ed is uh, just a delight for that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, including, and hilariously enough, this is Chris Kattan as well, um, Christmas Wonderland with Tim Curry and Patrick Swayze, which was shot primarily in West Edmonton Mall. I have never seen that, but I do oh. want to now. <laughs> no. And Donovan Workin, uh, who is a improv you know, comedy guy here in Edmonton, um, he's in that as well as as the movie he plays one of the cops in Santa's sleigh, which tipped me off. And I'm like, wait, this must be shot locally. Um, but yeah, I was doing a little searching and I found this hilarious article called Why Are So Many God-Awful Christmas Movies Filmed in Edmonton? So I would say... God, I love that somebody wrote an article like that. National Post. Oh my God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who, is, who, who, who wrote it if you, wow. if you have that available? I'm so curious. I'm going to click on this right now. Um, let's see if they attached a name. I have a suspicion. Somebody, a comedy writer that used to work for National Post who became a comic book writer. And I'm curious if it's him. Oh, it just says Post Media News. I'll look it up later, but. So they didn't want their name attached, <laughs> which is a shame. Uh, comic comic <laughs> uh, art uh, writer uh, Chip Zdarsky used to work for National Post as an infographic slash uh, humor writer under his real name. Um, before coming to comics as Chip Zdarsky. Uh, so I was wondering if it was maybe him. Oh, I hope so. Sounds like the sort of thing he might have written. That's funny. <laughs> so I think Santa Slate, that actually raised it in its estimation in my eyes. Oh, to know, great. oh my God, this might be the best Edmonton made, like shot Christmas film. <laughs> so in like the first scene, that's kind of a low bar. <laughs> hey, good job. <laughs> Good. That's all we need. I did not watch it, but I, I like I read the synopsis, and it just kind of reminded me. It's the same thing, right? But you know, on Futurama, the whole Santa, and it just reminded me of Santa and like Quanzabot going out and just you know messing things up. And I kind of like that play on Santa. Santa's a bad guy. You have to actually like board things up and hide, and because he is just going to start punishing people. So I kind of wondered, like, oh, did Futurama borrow things, or was it the other way around, or who knows? But <laughs> it was an amusing watch. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say it's a new fave or anything, but I, I did not hate watching it. Uh, I enjoyed the experience for what it was, which was not scary, uh, just sort of awful. Uh, and again, good bad, <laughs> good bad, yes, good bad. <laughs> Uh, What's next on the list? Well, I'll leave it to you, Lex. I think uh, Laura and I each uh, brought up one of these. So you you transition us really smoothly to the next one. And in the apocalypse. Good. Perfect. Perfect <laughs> three seconds of dead air. It's exactly what we need. For blurting it out. Yeah. That's the proper transition. <laughs> Uh, I took a series of notes whilst watching Anna and the Apocalypse, and I would like to read some of them for you. Okay, this is the one I did not get to slash have never watched previously, and it's too bad because I actually bought it. It looks so interesting. I would actually recommend watching it. Mm. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, like, fun. Agreed. But the first line was, I don't like singing in things that aren't musicals. Is this a musical? I'm conflicted. And the next point is, oh my god, it's a musical. It's a musical horror at Christmas time. That's that's three. That's a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it works surprisingly well. It does, yes. And I just uh I I love the Shaun of the Dead nature of like they're walking down the street like singing their high school musical esque songs, and in the background 
there's a zombie eating out of a baby carriage and you're like, wow, this is just real dark. Oh, baby stuff fucks with me now because, you know, kids. Uh, right. So it's really hard to see stuff like that. Ugh. Can't wait it, to watch it. It's, it's, it's a quick thing. It's not the whole movie. It's quick. Yeah. yeah. It's all I'm going to be looking for now. There's <laughs> a baby eating the child so I can feel sad about it. It, it happens towards the beginning, so you can kind of blast through it. But um, should we do a spoiler alert? Well, there's going to be one now that you said that. Spoilers! Thanks, Jess. The headmaster turning on everybody and letting the zombies in. I felt so angry in ways that I haven't felt angry in a horror movie in a long time. But there's always that trope of, like, somebody panics or they're mad, or they feel like the zombies are right, and they there's always that person, right? Wait, there's always a person yeah. who thinks the zombies are right? Yeah. <laughs> well, usually, yeah, because eventually in a zombie movie, it's like, oh, wait, the real horror is us, and how we're reacting to this situation. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. It's not like, well, those zombies brought up a really good point, and I'm on their side now. It's more like, we had our time, man. We ruined the earth. This is what we deserve. Okay, I'm with you now. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, we deserve death. Yeah. I thought I was missing some scenes in zombie flicks where they make really eloquent points. <laughs> oh, he's right. I didn't think of it that yeah. way. <laughs> of course thanks for taking the time to walk me through that eat my stomach (laughs) well the highlight of the film for me is there's a talent show towards the beginning and there's a couple of kids dressed in penguin costumes break dancing to a rap about fish which is just that sounds like a tiktok (laughs) it basically is yeah it might have started tiktok i'm not sure and they might show up again later eating other things but it's oh cool they're wonderful oh they're so good my favorite dish is fish, mother flipper, and I eat it for the hell of it. A nice bit of halibut, that's not the only fish they got. Mackerel, I could take more than a snack full. Salmon with some jam, and I could drink it by the tap full. Had it so Please, the trying. Very. Yo, fish is I also really like the um, when they're in the like bowling alley and they're in the ball pit. Like I was just like, there's so many fun things about the movie, but it also if you watched Skins ever, like British TV and movies just have a very real sense to them. I I, I like British. Um, TV shows a lot more because I mean this lovingly and respectfully, but like the people are real. They're not like these beauty queen right. fake looking individuals. Like they look like legitimate teenagers and adults that live out in the world. And I just, it almost feels like a documentary sometimes just the zombies <laughs> and singing. Yeah. And great jokes. Like good sense of humor. Right. Just like real life. Yeah. <laughs> great joke. I'm looking forward to watching it. I think that'll actually be my post uh, podcast uh, watch now to, sort of round out the list here highly recommend it was great so we have so far we've gone through uh gremlins recommend santa slay good bad recommend and uh, and in the apocalypse legitimately good it sounds like watch it mm-hmm. i like it I'm keeping a running tally <laughs> uh, let's go to one that i am unsure of whether or not we're going to recommend or not krampus mm. Oh, oh, a hush falls over the crowd. So it sounds like we've all got some conflicting feelings about about Krampus. 
Uh, Krampus, for those who don't know, is about the creature who's sort of the negative analog to Santa Claus who punishes people who do bad uh, during the holiday season. Um, and this movie is about one such group of people that uh, get punished, uh, including Adam Scott, mm-hmm. uh, which, yes, depending on your familiarity with Adam Scott, it can possibly take you out of it. Yes. And I think Krampus has a hard time deciding whether it's trying to be funny or not. And I'm not trying to say that like horror movies can't be funny and also scary, but I just don't think this movie knew whether it wanted to do one or the other. And that left me sort of feeling like sort of middling the whole time. I don't know what the right term is. I just felt like I didn't know how to enjoy it, I guess. Like, I don't know if I want to be scared of this thing or if I should be laughing mm-hmm. at the campy bits or if it's just a mistake that they made. But like, and I, I attribute some of that to Adam Scott being there. Um, somebody mentioned to me that they can't take anything serious uh, when Adam Scott's in it. And uh, I would recommend Severance yes. if you have not seen that yet, uh, that Apple uh, Plus show. Um, and you will suddenly be able to see Adam Scott in something serious and not in a jokey role. But I feel like you have to warm up to it, right? Like, because I felt the same way that there's certain actors like Jimmy Fallon and Band of Brothers. What are you doing? Yeah, it takes you out of there. But then you have, um, what's his face, David Schwimmer. Same thing. But we work up to him and he loses the Ross appeal. And so I feel like with Severance, Mm. you're like, oh my God, (laughs) Adam Scott. And then it builds and you're like, oh, this is not a funny. This is quite depressing and very serious. And he's excellent. Well, that first scene with him where yes! he's sobbing in the car and you're just like wait 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 is this a funny thing <laughs> like ha, he's he's crying in his car you know you're like what's the joke what's the what's the bit and then you're like oh sh- are you okay yeah, yeah where's the bit and, oh oh he's <laughs> he's not fine <laughs> yeah and uh krampus it, it, he seems jokey again but doesn't really crack the wise uh he just sort of is there so i don't know i don't know how'd you two feel about krampus it was uh it was lukewarm for me yeah. yeah, that's all I got. I think I like it the best out of the three of us. Oh, cool. I'm a fan. It's not my favorite. I feel like the ending kind of runs a bit long. It kind of the premise sort of runs out. But um, and I actually haven't seen Severance yet, but I love Adam Scott in the remake of uh, Piranha. Oh, I mean, <laughs> oh. the Piranha series is a whole nother... I didn't know I could yeah. love Piranha. Like I love Piranha. Uh, yes, I have a weird <laughs> love of that movie. And that's a huge thank you to a real life friend, uh, Neil uh, Lalonde, for getting getting me into that. But uh, oh, the Piranha series is so good. That's a Laura. You want to come back and do the Piranha series at some point? Yes, because that also has a okay. Joe Dante connection. Because I think he directed the first Piranha movie. I think. Right. Yeah, James Cameron the and second. And the connection to Santa's sleigh with what's his face, the guy in the uh, convenience store briefly. That's right. That's right. Oh no, wait, that's never mind. I've conflated two people that are uh, Adam Scott. Yeah. Yes. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, Laura. Keep going. Yes. I'll stop messing everything up. No, that's okay. I feel like um, David Ketchner, who was in like uh, probably is best known in the Anchorman movies, um, gets most of the laughs. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate because it kind of reminded me of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the Chevy Chase movie, where it's that like you have the upper mm-hmm. cl- uh, upper class and the working class and that kind of rubbing against each other. So the parents don't really get along. You've got an aunt that nobody wanted to be there and she's there and she's a you know, bit of a loud mouth and kind of like making everyone miserable. The kids all hate each other. The cousins have want nothing to do with each other. Um, 
then if that's not enough, then now there's like a Krampus and a bunch of evil helpers of his. And I, that's when I got a lot of fun. Like I love the little evil gingerbread man. We should have gone to my brothers. And that horrifying, like uh, Jack in the box monster. No, those are those are definitely the bright moments. That Jack in the Box thing is actually something that unsettles me. <laughs> yes, I, I just finished watching it before this, and I was like, Ugh. Oh. when it starts clapping, I'm like, no, nothing good can happen now. I like, I love the little gingerbread man, but all I can think of is is the gingerbread man from Shrek. Mm. Like, oh, you're a monster. <laughs> it kind of kills it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's funny how like those moments, like sometimes a horror movie will be like, man, it's not that bad, like. For me, it's um, drag me, drag me to hell, drag you to hell, drag me to hell, drag me to hell. Yeah. Um, there's one scene where the goat starts dancing on the table, scared the bejesus out of me because I was like, "You shouldn't be doing that." The rest of the movie, meh. but that one part, like I would close my eyes and just see a goat dancing, be like, "No, no, don't like." <laughs> <laughs> That's not for me. Yeah, it's when that jaw <laughs> rips open on um, Jack in the Box character, like the. The chin split, and I'm just like, no, 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 thank you. Like the predator. Yeah, and it's, it's a Michael Daugherty, uh, Daugherty, Daugherty, I forget how to say his last name, but the same, same person who did... Um, Trick or Treat. That Halloween flag, Trick or Treat, that I love so much. Um, and it felt sort of like it was going for a similar thing here, but didn't quite didn't quite get the same vibe, weirdly. Um, sorry, Laura, I, I don't remember where we were at. <laughs> no, 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 I can't miss that at all. I will say, though, I found out apparently there is a follow-up to the story in the form of like a graphic novel oh, wow. to Krampus. Because I guess like the ending is a little bit ambiguous. Um, and I guess that sort of is, gives you a little bit of continuation for the family. Uh, yeah, he does seem to like to work with uh, graphic novels as sort of like ancillary media to his movies and stuff. So that's not surprising, I guess, or at least it shouldn't be. Mm. Um, I could do without seeing anybody stabbed with a sharpened candy cane ever again. Uh, I just, because my brain goes, that does not break the skin or bone or anything. Like that's not going to actually do that. That's not how sugar works. Um, (laughs) and Santa's sleigh had the same thing. Goldberg stabbed somebody through the eye with a, "Mm, Oh, I got my sharpened candy cane. And so I guess it's an amusing (laughs) visual, but it just, I can't suspend my disbelief for that. (laughs) This is when I miss the Mythbusters. I want to see Mythbusters say, can you murder somebody with a candy cane and get like the pig fat out and just... Sure, yeah. They get that like weird uh, <laughs> gel yeah. gel body thing that they always use for ballistic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and just has that walrus mustache guy stabbing somebody with a candy cane. It's not going to work. I'll go get a candy cane right now and I'll try it on my own arm. I was just going to say cut to yeah. them like, you know, whittling it down, like looking at it, like got to get a good I point. I feel like if I do that, I got to make it a TikTok. <laughs> I'm, I'm super curious to know now. So that when it <laughs> yeah. inevitably hurts me much more than I'm, you know, I'm talking big now and it just goes straight through my arm. It'll be like really funny for everyone but me. <laughs> Bad way to die. <laughs> um, I don't know. What does that take us to? I guess rare exports. Yeah. We'll take the Krampus's little helpers and uh, we will go to rare exports. Now, this is probably 
my favorite out of the ones I watched here, although a sort of troubling ending mm. that I'm having <laughs> that I have trouble like, okay, is that, is that how they end up there? Okay. Uh, but the premise is, uh, again, Santa is not what you expect. Santa, it turns out is, is not so good. Um, and is coming for some people in a small sort of, um, hunting village in, in, I think it's Norway, Sweden. I can't. Scandinavian country. Finland. Finland. <laughs> You're all the same to me. <laughs> it's fine. Can I just say on the rewatch of this, I realized this is the Jurassic Park of holiday horror. <laughs> same catalyst. Yeah. You have a venture capitalist yeah. from out of town coming in and he literally says, my childhood dream must be realized. Yeah. And he hires this team of people to dig up this evil Santa Claus which I'm not sure if he realizes is evil or not. So it's kind of like, damn the rest of the world, the consequences. I have the money. I'm making this happen. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Yeah. They make that guy's cheeks so rosy that I expected him to be some sort of a reveal later on. Like it turns out he's actually working for Santa and he's like an elf or something. But as we learn, spoiler alert. Spoilers. The uh, elves are actually pretty awful and I love them. Um, yes. So... They're all being stalked by this evil sort of mute Santa Claus who's trying to kill them. And it turns out he's not Santa Claus. He's an elf. Uh, and you just get these scores of naked old men with long beards and penises oh. hanging out. And they're the yeah. elves. They've come to rescue Santa. And props to them for shooting in that snow. Oh, my God. I'm surprised you could even see any penises dangling <laughs> with how cold it was. <laughs> Like, right? Doesn't it feel like they should have just naturally been out of silhouette? <laughs> but I guess if, <laughs> a, few, a few of those elves were really packing some candy canes. Uh, Ew. <laughs> sorry. Uh, don't try to sharpen them. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, oh, my God. I love that reveal, though. Like, just the hordes of old men suddenly being like, weird and creepy oh yeah um and i guess you get that from the the rosy-cheeked uh entrepreneur is that he goes this isn't santa <laughs> this is an elf and then no yeah. i did not watch it but full like so full disclosure there but good yeah you you better give us full disclosure the second a dick is in a movie or a tv show i immediately am like this is hilarious like, like the horror oh there's a lot there's a lot a lot right like and like the horror aspect like Anytime something is very serious, like, uh, did you ever watch Eastern Promises? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's supposed to be this, like, fight scene, and you're just seeing, like, this <laughs> dick flap around. You're like, no. It's Sorry, Nico. <laughs> it has become, you, this has now become slapstick comedy. Yeah, yeah, because you expect somebody to get knocked out with it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... I remember getting into an argument with someone because they were like... Otherwise, why is it there? You make decisions in movies for storytelling reasons. If that dick is out, it needs to be doing something plot-related. Well, and he was saying... He was trying to convince me this is to demonstrate how vulnerable he is and oh. how even in his most vulnerable state, he's still able to control the situation. And sure. I was like, nope, flappy dick. It's hilarious. <laughs> Should make a new uh, new video game for iOS, flappy dick. Yeah, flappy dick. <laughs> Try not to laugh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, see, the thing is you can shoot that and not show the penis and still get the effect of a person being vulnerable. Yes. The the viewer knows I'm not against Dong uh, being in movies. And in, in fact, I think we should have more, uh, 
just to even things out from the years of only female nudity. But I just feel like, like that bit of logic that it's there for storytelling reasons doesn't really hold up. You had Viggo Mortensen no. and you wanted to see what he looked like naked. And you're like, I'm the director. Take your, take your pants off. We're putting this on screen. We're making this happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a service for a number of people who want to see you naked, sir. But what was the casting like for all the old Santa elves? Where they're like, okay, is it, you're gonna be you're gonna be in a field, lots of snow. I th- think all the requirement was was that they have a yeah. long beard <laughs> and a long and be cool with their dinks out and be okay with the weather because they didn't have shoes on, nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, literally cool. Well, that's impressive. With their dinks out. No, they were completely naked. These elves, <laughs> and so that might be my favorite concept or conceit, if you will, from that film, uh, which is that Santa's elves are actually all these naked old men yes. uh, who just capture children for him <laughs> and try to thaw him out. My biggest disappointment of the film is that we don't get to see actual Santa Claus. Uh, Definitely tease. I'm super bummed by that. Like, what what a tease, uh, if you will, a cock tease. And I was going to say, interestingly enough, when I was looking at that, Uh, and I think I did watch these back in the day, but the director made two shorts about these team of hunters that would catch wild Santa Clauses. So the movie is actually a prequel to these shorts. Like, they're kind of like training videos. And it does a little retcon from what the video says. But it's, it's the same actors, too. Like, the father and son are in the... Shorts that you can find on YouTube, also male nudity. Yeah, nice. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, you can get that on YouTube. <laughs> Anytime you want, yeah. There's no end to where you can find male nudity nowadays. <laughs> Everywhere. That's right. That brings me to a point I did want to get to, which is one of the weirdest things in the film is, I know when we talked about uh, like Halloween horror, Laura, you mentioned that like, you know, the morality sort of aspect uh, play in, in a lot of horror films doesn't necessarily need to be there. But it baffled me in this movie that the dad is such a piece of shit uh, to the kid and never gets any sort of comeuppance for it. He just like, he, he just <laughs> throws his kid around and hits him and treats him like shit. And we're supposed to be okay with that because he's sad. <laughs> Definitely. Like, it's mind-blowing agreed that one I, I feel like rare exports and krampus both have that sensitive boy yeah. who's too old to believe in santa claus and still does and is sort of like a mm. weirdo for it but then it's kind of like their hero journey of like solving the issue uh in both of them but yeah i agree if anything it's more like the working class got one over on capitalism <laughs> because they turn it around and like well we're gonna sell these santas <laughs> these elves as santas okay yeah that's a good point which brings me to weird point number two which is they are human traffickers at the end <laughs> and i'm like what is happening here like is this really the ending we get <laughs> is that they've taken all of these old men who look like santa and now they're exporting i guess that's where the title comes from is my thought process at the time i was like i I guess i should have expected that uh but yeah they're just they're just human traffickers which brings me to the question of who is buying santa clauses malls 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 don't need to do that you can hire somebody for way cheaper than you can import a human that you traffic you don't know that i was just gonna say maybe they're imported we don't know Maybe they are. Right? All our childhoods. Also, the way that they're being taught to stroke children's faces is super fucking creepy. (laughs) Yeah, the end sequence. They're holding these pillows and being trained to like, you know, take kids' wishes at malls or whatever, but they're like stroking their faces. And I was like, if a Santa touches my kid like that, that Santa is not going to be working much longer. (laughs) 
I don't know. There might be some <laughs> cultural differences here, which like, well, that's what I'm curious. Like, it's gonna say Europe. Is, yeah, in Europe, does like Santa like give kisses and hugs and face strokes? Like, ugh, we're like, still okay with that. Yeah, or and it's okay if like if your kid gets in your way, if you just sort of toss them six feet away from the whatever they're blocking that you're trying to get through. <laughs> that's right. Like his dad literally tosses <laughs> his kid across the ice and snow because he's in his way. He's like. But apparently he's supposed to be a loving dad or something. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to root for them. Yeah, it's like, wild. Mm-hmm. The only character that I even come close to sort of liking is that uh, one hunter guy with the, the shades who dresses up like Santa. I'm like, <laughs> he's kind of funny. <laughs> he's amusing. There isn't really a likable character in the movie. No, they're making like booby traps and not telling each other about the traps around the home. So you're like, this is just yeah, going to yeah. spell disaster any minute now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still an enjoyable movie somehow. Yeah. All the pieces of it just come together to be a weird and fun flick, uh, even if the ending still is like, huh. Oh. Huh. Okay. It sounds great. I can't wait to watch it. I just, yeah. Like, did you guys write a, a business plan for this? Because <laughs> I'm not, I feel like. I feel like you're not going to get away with this. Well, speaking of which, the logo for the Santa <laughs> is divine. I absolutely. So a, a plus to their design team. I did not realize that. that yeah. Who did they hire <laughs> to do that logo? These hicks. Uh, <laughs> I know a really good graphic designer. <laughs> One of their kids went to college and won't come home for Christmas, but yeah. did a logo as a favor. That's right. <laughs> so the last time I'm talking to you, dad. <laughs> What do we got left? Um, Rare exports. Check it out. We have Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil. I was just going to say, speaking of endings, now, did anybody here watch the Taxi Driver of Evil Santa movies? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's Taxi Driver, (laughs) but like not quite as good and way slower (laughs) and not really scary. (laughs) And also, I was super amused to find out that it's only called Christmas Evil now and has gone by because the title has come up and it's like, uh, you better watch out. And I'm like, am I? I've gotten the wrong movie. Or Terror in Toyland is the other one. (laughs) Yes, that's always a sign of a great film. Terror in Toyland, yeah. (laughs) Which like is complete. Yeah, completely doesn't make sense. And yet, this is apparently a cult classic. It's really well regarded by critics and stuff. I love it. Do you love it? I have a special place in my heart. Yes. Um, It's also John Waters' favorite Christmas movie. Yes, I did read that. I was going to say it. it, There's like a kind of unsettling. John Waters vibe to it and so that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> yes, totally. I think it might just be that it's like being classified as Christmas horror feels wrong to me here like it's like falling down but with okay. Yes. Yeah. Or it actually reminded me when I was watching it I'm like you know what other than Taxi Driver it makes me think of the latest Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh definitely. I thought the exact same thing. It's got that that uh same aesthetic, the same vibe, the same color palette. Um the same sad yeah. sack character. And just sort of that like question mark uh-huh. about some of the scenes going, is this real or is this just in his head that we're being shown? I love that the guy who plays um, Santa Claus is actually Fiona Apple's dad. <gasps> no. <laughs> that was a fun little. Interesting. <laughs> I was very excited about it. I did not know that. Because uh, I did look him up after and like, because it seemed like a big point. Everyone was like, so-and-so <laughs> yes. is, you know, whatever. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know what year this came out in, but yeah, it was the first one I watched on my like my attempt to do these these Christmas horror flicks, and uh, it was like I I found it compelling. I kept watching. I didn't turn it off or like try to do something else, and I didn't find it 
boring. That wouldn't be the right term, even though I found a lot of it slow. It's slow, but it keeps you on the edge. Like for me anyway, it keeps me on the edge because you mm-hmm. never know what's going to happen. And they set up these wild scenarios for him where like he's all of a sudden he's pulled into a giant party or he runs into a group of people at a um, – uh, outside of a church. And so it's sort of like, yeah. you know, if you can play along with him, you're going to get a present. And if you don't play along with him, or if you've wronged him in the past, because I feel like he was a bit of a schlub in his everyday life and being Santa Claus has given him this emboldened, like I can stand up for myself, but unfortunately standing up for himself includes smothering somebody with a sack of presents. Yeah. Yeah. He's the arbiter of good and bad now. He gets to make that decision finally. Judge, jury, and execution. Yes. He's obsessed with the children in the neighborhood. He literally has a good and bad book, which is just like. (laughs) So when I saw that initially, I thought the movie was going a whole different direction of like, he's going to start murdering children. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is horrific, but like makes sense now. (laughs) Christmas evil, get the title. Um, But no, he's just already sort of a creep. uh, due to possibly the shittiest like origin story in the history of of evil characters <laughs> or villains or whatever, like well, it's it's like being bit by the spider, but like yes. he's cut by the snow globe, and he turns into <laughs> now yeah, radioactive snow globe. <laughs> snow globe. <laughs> to be fair, he did have a live action of the ver- that song. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. So he clearly had some crossed wires, unfortunately. Sure. And it's just like. At an impressionable age. I think the weirdest thing about that is you'd expect him to not want to be Santa Claus, but want to murder Santa Claus. I feel like he should yeah. be anti Christmas because <laughs> of what Santa did to his mom, which was stand there uh, nuzzling her thigh in a really <laughs> awkward scene for way too long. Yeah. Oh, a guard. Mm, my, my, my. <laughs> It makes me think of Pierce Brosnan from that one uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Oh yeah, ooh, yum 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 yum, yum. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Where, where she's the talking <laughs> house. Yeah, yum yum yum. Smacking his lips. Oh oh oh, yummy. Oh yes, yum yum yum. As I was like, this is the tamest uh, racy scene I have ever experienced. I was like. This is like, oh, and, and this is what did it, huh? This is yeah. this ruined ruined Christmas, but like in a weird way where you want to be Santa. So there's some Freudian stuff going on. Like, yeah. How do you get, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real, it's a slow burn, but you're right. There's something that keeps you going, keeps you on edge. I think a lot of that might be the. His performance is so good. The performance is compelling, and so is the uh, the soundtrack. The whoever did the audio for it. it's just so over the top that it makes like these mundane scenes dramatic. And you're like, oh, I feel uneasy, and I know I'm being manipulated by music, but also it's working. <laughs> it's a super effective <laughs> score, for sure. And again, I just this constant feeling of like. I have no idea what he's going to do. Just call, like that scene where they're in the alleyway and all the kids run to him and the parents have figured out he's probably a bad guy. Yeah, he's the stabby Santa. And the dad yeah. whips out a switchblade. Yeah, because it's like New York, 1980, right on the dot. <laughs> and it's chock filled with like character actors. That's something I love about it too because you're kind of like, I recognize, I, I don't remember any of their names, but it's like, I recognize that guy and that guy from like- no, We don't do that here anyhow. Dirty Harry movies, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. We don't get facts and like references correct. That would make us a nerd podcast. And yeah, we're a dork podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think just a fabulous, absolutely fabulous ending. But I would say, yeah, if you're a fan of Taxi Driver and the last Joker movie, 
and you like Christmas, I'm going to say check this film out. This is an A plus for me. I absolutely love it. Uh, the person who plays his brother could have very easily done the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker role. Like he would have been perfect for it. Yes, he's, he's intense. He's uh, see the scene with him and his wife is way racier than than his mom kissing <laughs> Santa Claus. Just so, yes. I don't get it. Well, apparently the director got high and had a vision of a Santa Claus with a knife. <laughs> which gave him the idea for this because like, he wrote it as well. Oh, wow. And uh, hilariously enough, he actually credited because he tried for years to get it made with no dice until Halloween was a success. And then it got his like greenlit. Although, according to him, he never viewed it as a slasher. He views it more like a Frankenstein story. Yeah, you get that when he's being chased by the torches, the mob with the torches. It's very clear <laughs> totally. that he like there's a there's a Frankenstein vibe uh, that sorry, Frankenstein's monster vibe um going on there definitely which i appreciate and yeah his hallucinations are interesting his attempt to do good like it's very clearly about a character who's losing their mind which i think is why that joker uh association is so apt um and you don't really understand where they are going to end up but yeah yeah it's 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 worth watching it's it's very interesting and of its time um (laughs) yes (laughs) The blood is so unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that red, like, uh, like tempera paint that they use as blood. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's tempera. I went to art school. I know tempera when I see it. That's, that's paint. <laughs> it's not even close to convincing blood. But I do love that he just hatchets a guy for making fun of him being dressed like Santa Claus. Yeah. Like that's it's like take that yuppies. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he sees a man like making out with a woman and it triggers a flashback for him who's dressed like Santa. Like, yeah, there's just some through lines that don't make sense to me, but I still enjoyed it. Um you summed it up. If you would like that holiday horror, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that's what the, that's the one for you then. Right. And I think they're they're yeah. sort of connected, aren't they? Like it's sort of uh an intentional um attempt to do like the same sort of idea, but like slashier. <laughs> That could definitely be. I could see that for sure. I read something about that, but um, my ability to recall something I read at like one in the morning <laughs> when I should have been sleeping is no. Um, but yeah, there's a that's the one with the teen, right? That dresses up like Santa Claus, or am I thinking of yet another one? Yeah, he's a, a younger yeah. man for sure, like probably like eighteen to twenty somewhere in there. And he kills with an axe, right? Yep. He kills with a couple different things and acts for sure. Um, yeah, antlers on a wall. And then there's a sequel cool. uh, where it's his brother who takes up the mantle. <laughs> Which, by the way, is like, I think 60%, no, maybe 60 to 80% of that film is footage from the first movie. <gasps> oh, what? <laughs> if you watch it, oh. it's pretty, like, I would say that's like top tier oh, bad that. good. Oh, that's some anime <laughs> 80s cartoon yes. reusage. Yes, like a, to a shocking degree. Yeah. Um, Sailor Moon transforming. <laughs> I love that yeah. though, like the the Evil Dead aspect of like Evil Dead Two. Like, did we not just watch this movie? Why are we? And no one explains it. They're just like, this is what we're we doing. Recap. Like, I, I love it when people just do weird shit like that. <laughs> That's I. The first in that series that I saw was actually Army of Darkness, and I had no idea what it was connected to. Uh, and it was so campy and amusing and oh, like, so good. Oh, I loved it. And then I found out that it was actually like the third in a trilogy of, of movies. And yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it just stands alone. So great. Oh, it's amazing. 
It's a, br- it's like watching it now. I'm like, this is a bad movie and I love it. Yes. It's the charm of Bruce Campbell. Like he just carries all three movies really, but the third one in particular. Yeah. yeah. Right. Bubba Hotep. We tried to watch that when we were all in first year together. And who was that? Was that mm. Jenny who made us watch that? Yeah, I, was like, I remember oh, that. This isn't good. This isn't fun. <laughs> well, at one point, like if I recall correctly, like, does the nurse in the nursing home give him a hand job? I think so. Like, I just remember thinking, like, what are we watching right now? Oh, probably. I don't remember. No, it was it was they were it was too many things happening at once. I just couldn't. I never was able to gel what was happening with the Elvis thing and the <laughs> Pharaoh thing and what the crossover was, and I just wasn't able to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're used to a lot of Bruce Campbell's filmography that does seem like a bit of a left turn for sure yeah 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 it was a group of us first year students trying to watch a weird art house horror film and it just didn't work out well you think it's going to be funny and campy and it was definitely campy but i wouldn't say it was funny i would say it was like very unsettling and the entire time you're like eh the joke's about to happen (laughs) and then it doesn't you're like it's the adam scott effect (laughs) yep (laughs) you're gonna be funny now no (laughs) Oh, um, the last one on our list was uh, was Nightmare Before Christmas, which I appreciate is not technically a, a horror film, um, but you know it's Tim Burton. It's got it's got that creepy vibe to it, and it scared me the first time I saw but it. But it's not Tim Burton. No, sorry. And this just came out. It's characters. Yes, please. No, Lexi. Henry Selleck. Oh, sorry. Laura got there first. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stepped all over you though. So who actually directed this? Henry Selleck. Yes. That's right. And what else did Henry Selleck do? Coraline and uh, Wendell and Wilde. Batman 2, I think. And James and the Giant Peach. The aesthetic, the vibe. And he was brought on by Tim Burton to do these these jobs because Tim Burton was busy doing two other films at the time. Did he also do Box Trolls? Uh, he might have done Box I Trolls. I feel like there's now. a connection to Coraline. It might just be the studio, though. Well, and I would say this is a primer. This is trying to get kids ready for future holiday horror. It's right. It's all there. Um, super adorable. Yeah. Great musical yes. numbers. And I, and I love that to me, the catalyst for the plot is a uh, job dissatisfaction and just general ennui yeah. Yeah. for life, <laughs> yep. which I think was loosely based off of um, the um, Danny Elfman who sang for Jack Skellington character. I think that was sort of like his story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we just got that great quote from uh, Selick this week, which is like, Danny Elfman sees it as a, a soundtrack he made that I then did claymation for. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love how you illustrated my songs. It honestly, like I have the soundtrack on my phone. It's so good. Oh, I've had it on there since forever. I had it on CD. I like. It is probably yeah. like the strongest soundtrack of, of anything. anything. Like no. I just, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Love that one too. No, let's stand by what you said. The strongest music of anything. Yeah, but such a, like just amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so beautifully realized on, I think, every front, be it the world design, the voice acting, the songs, all the little details. Like for oh, yeah. me, the highlight of the film is when the kids are opening the Halloween horror Christmas gifts. I had a few of those. Yeah, toys. <laughs> I absolutely adored them. And then like the Oogie Boogie turn is just so great. Like you're just suddenly oh, in a whole oh, different yeah. world of like Halloween. And it's like that neon and garish Halloween, not the orange and drab Halloween. It's so much fun. Just a blast. 
Well, and there's um, one part that I always struggled with, and it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized. So when um, Lock, Stock, and Barrel take Santa to Oogie Boogie, later on they help rescue him. And I was like, what the? But you guys are the bad ones. But that's such a little kid thing to do something bad and then be like, oh no, I need an adult. And that's exactly what they did. Like these mm. like naughty totally. little trick or treaters pulled a trick that they realized was too intense. And then went and got an adult for help. And I just like, that's one of my favorite parts is just, and they don't even talk about it. It's just like this little nuance of like, oh, those shitty little kids are there to help. <laughs> so did Santa <laughs> yeah. never visit Halloween Town? Did the Lock, St- Shock and Barrel not get any presents? Up until that sad point. No, them. it looked like there was no other crossover. That's sad. I uh, want to say on the record that this is a Christmas movie, not yep. a Halloween film. I agree. Yeah. A hundred percent. I only watch it at Christmas time. I do not watch it at Halloween. Absolutely. And I think the thing that sets this uh, in stone is that the movie starts after Halloween and only leads up to a point of Christmas taking place. It does not feature Halloween as an event. Uh, as part of the story, as the narrative. Yep. Agreed. And Christmas is the catalyst. Yeah, it's absolutely the catalyst. It's a Christmas movie about Halloween characters invading Christmas. And uh-huh. uh, I, I want this debate over. Yeah. No yes. more. Also, I feel like this the um, alternative title could be How Jack Skellington Got His Groove Back. Oh, that's great. Very nice. That's the other title I would give this film. Yeah, he was so sad. And then he had a great bit of music and tried some new things. Oh. Went on some dates. Oh yeah. yeah! Like to me, it's such a fascinating plot for kids. Yeah, absolutely agree. I I also want to talk about how great skeleton, uh, not skeleton, pumpkin king Jack is. Like, oh, so good, so terrifying. And then he gets out of that pumpkin king costume by like burning yeah. away the like sort of scarecrow portion of it <laughs> until it's just a skeleton left. It's so there's good. so many great. Well, even like this, like the subcontext of all these different characters, like Sally's whole abusive relationship with. Um, oh God, I completely, her maker, professor, yes, her maker and how she's trying to like break free (laughs) and literally pulling her body apart to get away. And I just feel like if you've ever been in an abusive relationship or had like a toxic relationship, that feeling of like, I just want to rip myself away from this person. And then like Jack feeling so claustrophobic by his fans that expect so much from him. And he's just like, great again. And his only real true friend is his dog who is like zero is just the greatest character. Wonderful character. Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. and I love all the, like the tropey horror characters. Like you've got like the mummy and the wolf man and the sea creature. And I just like, Oh, everything about it is so awesome. The clown. The clown with the tearaway face. Oh, just like to go from the dark to then the Santa's village and how bright and like the snow and the lights and how happy and joyful he is. Like, oh, it's just such a great change in tone and feel. Yes. Well, it's like when Dorothy comes into the color and you're like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Definitely. Pretty much from the opening strains of the film, I have a smile on my face the entire time. Like, it's just pure joy. Um, But I also kind of wish that maybe he'd gone to um, St. Patrick's Day. I think that could have been interesting. Oh, my God. I want sequels so bad. I think about it all the time, how I want more movies where he's gone into the other doors. But I'm also scared to say that out loud because the way, you know, things go lately, they're going to do it. Somebody's going to be like, it's time for a Nightmare (laughs) Before Christmas sequel. The Nightmare Before St. Patrick's Day. Well, 
And it's one, like on Kingdom Hearts, one of the things I wanted to play was because they go to a Halloween town. And I was really excited. Oh, yeah. And then as I was playing it, I was oh. like, this feels like a cheap horror type approach to it. Like, it was really cool for a second. And then I was like, no, it's kind of killing my love of mm. the game, you know? Like, just to commercialize it so much. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want commercialization from your Disney media. Yeah, at Christmas time. <laughs> at Christmas? No, thank you. Um, very super hyper local thing. My first experience with The Nightmare Before Christmas is, again, the soundtrack. And it was at Callaway Park in the Haunted House where they're playing the This Is Halloween song. And that was the first experience I ever had as a little kid. It was creepy as hell going through those strangely Flintstones-esque buildings. Yeah. <laughs> with with uh this is halloween playing it's just like what did you guys do it's the strangest mashup ever but that song is still haunting to me because of like walking through a dark albeit very strange haunted house with that song you're playing. the only other person that i've heard talk about the flintstone houses in callaway park <laughs> and i have such a terrifying childhood oh memory God, of being going to that park and then i swear there's like a like a a fist that goes through a window at one point. I can't remember, but I just remember being scared out of my mind at Callaway Park. So it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole place is like sort of pseudo built to look like uh, bedrock from the Flintstones. Yeah. Uh, for no reason at all. Uh, they must have just like bought like some old sets from like Universal Studios or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it still open? Callaway Park. Yeah. And and the rides are all still oh, wow. there. And like people are like, you should take your kids to Callaway Park. I'm like, I don't want them to die. <laughs> That yeah. stuff looked like it was in bad repair when I was a kid. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I uh no thank you. Man, <laughs> that made it but Bullwinkle oh. closed. Oh sweet. Bringing it back to the last episode. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Bullwinkles was so good. It was so good. I still have my birthday. Can I do it again? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm not gonna do it a third episode in a row. I, I want them to stop remaking movies and games that are perfectly fine good the way they were and open bullwinkles again if you're going to revamp something yes. let's look at some business models just just yeah. touch them up out you go Do, is this it is this the three of us look for some venture capital and we reopen bullwinkles are, are we going into business together i think we have to now <laughs> <laughs> to bring this somewhat full circle um and remakes etc uh the latest the latest chatter on the old twit Twitter Twitbox. is uh, is that Hercules, the <gasps> beloved anime oh, yeah. classic, is supposed to be remade no. as a TikTok musical, live action no. TikTok musical. No. Oh, no. And I don't need everything to be for me, which is good because this definitely isn't. It might be for somebody, probably a generation that will love it, beloved movie. Um, but this old man... He played no. What, is, what does that mean, though? Like a TikTok musical? Yeah. A lot of uh, faces talking at screens. Um, somebody did a good joke where they're like, Megara sings her her hit. I won't say I'm in love. And it's just like this preening young woman, like singing at her TikTok camera, with, doing all these like girly poses, <laughs> talking about being in love. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's wow. it. But then it just cuts to James Woods as Hades, and he's just doing a bunch of right-wing propaganda. And that's the real horror. Yeah, what are they going to do? Oh, yeah, you can't have James Woods anymore. See, so that alone is a reason not to remake it, because you <laughs> exactly. cannot hire James Woods anymore. Like, <laughs> unhirable. Uh, so who are you going to get to be to be Hades? You you can't. You can't do that. 
it's Phil. He's he's Hercules is training in the background, and Danny DeVito is Phil is just like oh. this guy. I like, think that's why oh. people push for is they want to see Danny DeVito live action as Phil. Okay, if they bring Danny DeVito <laughs> to be Phil, then I'm in. I don't care how what the rest of the movie's like. But then just let Danny DeVito do his thing. Just give him a camera and just be like. Should Go. Kevin Sorbo be Hercules since we're doing right <laughs> oh, wing? <God>. No. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo and James Woods in the same flick. Oh my god! And Hercules oh and Hades team up to to kill everyone. Yeah, then you can get Christy Swanson as Megara. Oh like god. we just pull all these right wing. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my Buffy. We'll just oh say that. God. god, no, thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. This has been another delightful episode of Dork Matters. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? out there in the world right i still know I, but i want you oh God, to see you if you know, know. People know. <laughs> this is a test i was gonna say the website mm-hmm. lauraoc.ca and i believe my instagram handle is laura J O C. there you go go find i think i learned that from the last episode <laughs> uh go go find laura laura thank you again this is a delight i have no doubt we are going to bother you to come back on again so Absolutely. Thanks for doing it. And uh, awesome. until next time for all of us here, dork, 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 dork. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating and tell your friends about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.